On episode 340 of the Tennis Files podcast, you'll learn seven doubles tells that will win you more matches. Welcome to the Tennis Files podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. And now, here's your host, Mehrban Iranshad. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the show. Today's episode is inspired by a recent doubles practice session that I had. It was effectively a mixed tenno practice. It was me, my friend Sabod, and then my other two friends, Kate and Rita. Actually, I'm not a 5 anymore. I was going to say I'm, we're all 5 but I was bumped down. So. Yeah, the others are five O's, and we had a really nice practice. And uh, we were chatting afterwards because Sabod was a bit surprised at me reading some of his serves. And so I got to thinking to do an episode on doubles tells. So shout out Sabod. Yeah, I really enjoyed playing with, with all of those three players. And yeah, let's just jump right into it because I know you just want the tips. So the first one is to recognize the signals between the server and the net partner. So obviously, you know, there are probably lower level matches where there's no signals or anything used, but you really want to pay attention to the signals if they're used between your opponents when the net player gives uh, the signals to, you know, serve on what location as well as to poach or to go. Because from my experience, for example, I have noticed that the net partner, you know, signals, you know, gives the first signal off and then the server says yes over and over again and they're just serving it to my backhand, right? So in that case, you can deduce that if there's an instance where the net player gives a signal and the server says no, and then the net player gives the second signal and the server says yes, that's usually going to go to the forehand. So in that case, a lot of times I can tell, all right, you know, it's probably going to go to the forehand, you know, so hopefully, you know, I'll guess correctly and then I'll be in position plenty of time to hit a very good forehand return. And so that's what I did against Sabota a couple times. And to kind of layer into that type of thinking, usually the pattern of the calls, again, from what I've seen, is the first call is a backhand. The second call is uh, a a forehand or out wide. And again, sorry, this is mainly applying to, you know, righties. So you just reverse it if you're, you're playing lefties. So again, first call backhand, second call wide, and third call down the line. So I personally think of, you know, what, you know, what location do I 
prefer or does my my uh, server partner prefer and call that first? But uh, especially when you kind of know what your what your opponents are thinking, maybe they know. Like this is my case, right? Like that my forehand is is a big weapon, you know, significantly stronger struck shot than my backhand. So they're usually going to serve to my my backhand. It's a very smart play. So whenever they're calling no <laughs> on the first one, I know that it's probably wide, maybe body, but usually, again, the pattern is is backhand, wide, body. So, yeah, told uh, my buddy Sabot about that. I kind of debated, to be honest. I just want to keep, keep uh, reading those and cracking them. But, yeah, and the second tell is kind of related if you hear a different sort of reply from the server when the net partner gives them a signal, that can oftentimes mean a break in the pattern. So I noticed this too when I was playing with Sabod. I can't remember the exact different response that he gave, but it was a different intonation. Like, you know, he would, for example, say, yeah, yeah, you know, just the same yeah over and over again. But then the one response he gave... Um, was like, all right, or something like that, you know? So that tipped me off that there was a, a change in pattern, um, whether that was, you know, a, a direction that this that the net player was moving for an eye formation or, you know, a serve location. So those sorts of things, you know, it really pays to be perceptive. A lot of people don't think about that. They're too swept up in what they're going to do. And obviously you do want to think about like, okay, what are you going to do? But sometimes people just get um, too into what's going on and they're too tense or nervous. And, you know, I just find it in general, just thinking about these things gives me confidence. It gives, it's fun. It makes you think more about executing and anticipating when you can try to make these reads instead of, you know, not doing them and just not really being into the match or, you know, not using your brain. So I really enjoy this personally. And I don't know, it might come from me playing a lot of poker. I don't know if, you know, many of you remember me just creating an episode about parallels between poker and and tennis based off of a trip to Vegas um, playing at the World Series of Poker. But yeah, making reads is really important. And my buddy Will Hamilton from, from Fuzzy Ola Balls, he has likened, you know, uh, tennis strategy to, to poker in the sense of making reads as well. So yeah, it's definitely an enjoyable area and, you know, makes you use your brain. So you should do it. Tip number three, this, the third tell, if there is a, sorry, if your server partner is able to serve down the tee, especially if it's a first serve, but even if it's a second serve, if it's strong, highly recommend that you poach on this because as I was just reviewing a, a video with uh, Craig O'Shaughnessy and Will for their, it was like a, a double strategy, um, you know, playbook essentially. And you know, Craig was saying that when a serve down the tee is hit, usually, you know, if the ball is going down the middle like that in the middle area of the court to the returner, the return is usually going to go down the middle or across court. So in that case, you really do want to poach. And it's also pretty hard for a player to hit, you know, a serve down the tee backhand, again, assuming righty 
you know, back down the line such that they, you know, are able to hit uh, hit it in the alley, especially. Um, it's just a tough shot to pull back across and also find just in general, uh, it really pays off to be aggressive in doubles. Also, you know, with the backhand return, the backhand return is not going to be as strongly struck for the most part as well. And, you know, people are not, not going to try to hit a, um, you know, a lower percentage shot down the line. And a lot of people are just scared in general to hit down the line. They want to play it safer. Also, another advantage is, again, if you're a righty and you're poaching from the deuce side to the ad side, you're going to have a forehand volley, which is most players' stronger side to volley. On top of that, you know, if you call the poach in advance, the server, your partner, is going to be able to is going to have to, you know, switch sides so they'll be able to cover you in case the returner goes down the line. So a lot of great pros to poaching on the deuce side T-serve. Uh, yesterday, or was it yesterday? A few days ago at practice, I was poaching over 50% of the time with great success. As Borat would say, great success. <laughs> Very nice, but um, yeah, I, yeah, I, you know, I've been increasing my rate of poaching, and it's really paying off a lot. I'm just getting a lot more volleys, you know, off the first, uh, you know, off the return, and making life easier for my serving uh, partner. Also, you know, it's caused players to then go down the line later, and then by that point, sometimes I'm calling the fake poach, so that they go down the line and. You know, when they know you're moving, then you're causing them to hit more errors. So, yeah, I know this is about tells, but um, just in general, you know, just, just poaching is really uh, highly valuable. I also do like to poach on that side quite a bit, as long as, you know, my partner can hit a body serve or down the tee. But yeah, so a lot of reasons to poach on this um, deuce side tee serve. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. The fourth tell is interesting one, but it's the backhand slice. So when you see somebody going for a backhand slice, you want to time it, of course. Don't leave too early because they can hold it to some extent. But they're usually going to hit a slice cross court. and. I guess, I, you know, this can apply to the forehand too, obviously, but with the backhand slice, you know, it's generally going to be going slower. It's going to be floating a lot of the time. And this is a prime time, so to speak, to poach 
So I do this quite a bit, just works out a lot. And, you know, reverse or an exploit of this that I do as well is if I'm playing smart doubles players who recognize that when you, when you see somebody prepare to hit a slice, you should poach, then I actually hit my backhand slice down the line. So I do catch quite a few good players by hitting down the line when I prepare a backhand slice. So that's something you want to think about as well. So kind of reading what type of types of players you're playing and to um, adjust accordingly. But again, I love that that poach off of the backhand slice. And then tell number five is that if a player is leaning back off a deep ground stroke, I highly recommend that you poach as well. Because when a player is leaning back or facing a tough, deep shot, your partner, or you obviously, they will often prioritize getting the ball back in play, which in other words means, you know, just getting cross court, getting the ball back to the baseline player to reset the point. And so, of course, accordingly, they're not going to be able to hit as aggressive or as high paced of a shot. And they generally don't consider going down the line. So a lot of great reasons here for you to try and pick off that ball. And, you know, a lot of times when I played the, the number one line at 5-0 or, you know, 9-5 men's combo, for example, that, that happened to me a lot. A lot of pressure being put, you know, when the other player hit a really good shot and I'm just trying to, you know, <laughs> concentrate on the ball that's about to hit the baseline and get the ball back, you know, the other player is moving. <clears throat> but there is an exploit there where if you do have, you know, good control over the shot and you know the player is going to poach, you can go down the line. I do this a lot, um, especially when I don't necessarily face like a super deep shot, but a deep shot where I have to lean back. What I do is I'm able to kind of hit a sort of buggy whip, like a Nadal-type forehand, and I do love that shot, actually, because when I'm leaning back, a lot of these, you know, higher-level doubles players are going to move, and they're salivating and thinking of, oh, yum, yum, I'm going to have this, you know, this shot that's sitting up with this guy who hits a lot of spin, but, you know, I lean back, and then I uh, actually buggy whip the ball down the line, and my shot doesn't have to be any, you know, anywhere near perfect. It's just, you know, on the half of, of on the half of the net player who had just left and vacated their, their space. And, you know, the, the baseline player is not able to cover that generally, like 90% of the time. So that works out really well as an exploit. But again, uh, you might not be seeing this, you know, type of player on the other side of the net at like, you know, Three oh three five stuff like that, but it is something to think about, and and you know that the the strategy slash tell does hold. You know when you're when you are facing or looking at a player who's going to struggle with a ground stroke that's deep, and you know they're leaning back probably, then you do want to look to pick off the shot that's going to be weaker. Number six, tell number six is serve positioning. So generally speaking, and I have caveats that I'll mention soon, but usually. When a player is standing wide, very wide, especially, it means they're going to serve wide. So whether that's, you know, um, a slice serve or a kick serve on the ad side for righties, 
and the opposite for lefties. Uh, and then conversely, if they stand close to the T, that means they usually are going to serve down the T. However, this does not apply if the player always stands in the one position every time. So if they're always standing wide or always standing down the T, I mean, obviously it's a bit harder for them serving, like for example, standing super wide to like hit a uh, serve down the T. And, you know, you do have encounter these players who are used to singles or they don't think about their positioning and they are always standing at the T to serve. So they're just, you know, yeah, not quite adjusting to, to doubles. But, um, yeah, generally speaking, that's the case. I've, I've played players who, you know, they don't, either they don't care or they don't think about it. But when they want to serve wide, they stand wide. When they want to serve down the tee, they stand down right by the tee. So, you know, you do have to know your player, your opponents, though, because I have played players who they will try to trick you. You know, they'll stand out wide and actually blast the serve down the tee and you're wondering what's going on but you know you learn so you you a little bit get a little more cognizant of when this might happen based on the opponent but yes serve positioning is another thing you want to pay attention to um as well tell number seven uh we're already at number seven is the i formation tell so this one is a bit more niche but if you're playing pair where the server has a preferred ground stroke you can bet that the vast majority of the time with the affirmation, the net player is going to move to the side that covers the the server's weaker ground stroke. So let's say that, you know, John is the server and Bill is the net player and John has a great forehand. John is serving on the deuce side and you have, uh, did I say Bill? <laughs> His net partner, um, Bill, is, is um, you know, kneeling down in the I formation. Then most likely, John is going to tell Bill to go back left so that John has a forehand. So that's usually what's going to happen. You, you know, I just, it's just how it is. You know, it, it would be stupid for the server to, you know, have the player, net player go to the, the side of his strength and then have to hit a weaker shot. So... Yeah, but I think it's it is smart to once in a while if you know that the the team the opposing team knows that then it's smart for you to then uh switch it up and sacrifice, you know, ha- having to hit your weaker side. You can always neutralize or hit a lob or just, you know, hit a decent enough ground stroke. But yeah, you that's that's uh again kind of a more niche tell uh if you play players who do the um I formation and yeah, so that is the seventh tell. Uh, I'll just give you, you know, a bonus tell where I do highly recommend that you pay attention to tosses because uh, a lot of players will try to obviously toss the ball to make them be able to hit certain serves more optimally. So obviously, you know, if you see the toss to the left for a righty, they're, they're probably going to try to hit a top spin or kick serve so you'll you'll be able to tell where the location is you know where the serve is going and then conversely of course you know more of a one to two o'clock toss varieties will indicate a slice serve is probably coming so yeah you just want to really pay attention to all these things and 
you know, my ending message of all this from what I've experienced, you know, in doubles and very recently is it really, again, as I talked about a bit earlier, is it's really, really pays to be more aggressive. It's fun. You create more uncertainty for your opponents. You get to volley more. You get to hit more put-away volleys or volleys at the opposing net player that where the height of the ball is such that it's nice and comfortable usually. And it just helps you win more points and shortens points. So I've just found that as I become a better doubles player, I become more aggressive. And to become a better doubles player, I become more aggressive. So again, you know, talking about poaching a ton, poaching on a lot of first serves and trying different formations, things like that. I've even, you know, been returning more aggressively lately. So it's been definitely a key to my success. And I want the same for you all. So uh, definitely want you to be more aggressive with doubles game. And, you know, don't be discouraged, obviously, if you you know, try to be aggressive and you miss a volley. I mean, just know that it's the right play. It's all about making the right plays. You know, the execution depends on the day. Some days you're going to execute well, other days you're not going to execute as well. But you have to remember, you know, the insane stat, seemingly insane, where the number one player in the world is winning something like 54% of the total points they play. Something like that, 54, 55, certainly in that, you know, mid 50s range. And that's, you know, when you think of like Djokovic or Nadal or Federer, you, you wouldn't think that they would only be winning that, that percentage of points and losing, you know, almost half of the other points. But that just, you know, kind of goes to show where you shouldn't be discouraged if you are missing here and there, especially if you're trying something new. So I would def- definitely invest in yourself and your game in the short term if it means, you know, a little bit of short-term pain and, and um, errors and, and losses even to uh, for the long-term success and gain. So, yep, I really hope you enjoyed this one. Um, <clears throat> I'll just recap the seven doubles tells. Number one is, you know, the, the signals given between the server and the net partner and, you know, the, the patterns that they, that they use there. And then also variations in the verbal replies from the server when the net player gives... Um, the server signals. Number three is um, when you when your partner is able to hit a T serve on the deuce side, you should poach. Number four is backhand slices. When you see that, you should usually poach. Number five is if a player is leaning back off a deep ground stroke, then you want to poach. Number six is the serve positioning of your opponents. If they're changing their positioning depending on their serve, then you're likely going to know where they're serving. You know, wide means wide, closer to the T means T. And number seven is the I formation tell of knowing that more often than not, the server is going to want their stronger ground stroke side if they have one. So you're going to know that the net player is going to go to the weaker side of the server's ground stroke area. So with that, really hope that you enjoyed the this episode. And if you did, and if you got value from it, uh, from this solo episode, uh, which I do uh, more rarely than the interviews, then I'd really appreciate if you would leave a review for the Tennis Files podcast. And you can do that by going to your favorite podcast app of choice that you use to listen to the show. Also want to leave you with a quote, as I often do at the end of each episode. And I'm 
trying to find the quote right now. Oh, here it is. Um, this this one is by Joe Gibbs. He used to coach um, my Washington Commanders team. Had a previous name, obviously, before a couple of previous names. And Joe said, failures are expected by losers, ignored by winners. That's a really fantastic quote. Got some likes on that. And um, yeah, again, with the, I know I asked about the reviews and I think I forgot to mention that, you know, Apple Podcasts would be the best um, place to do that. If you can go to tennisfiles.com slash Apple Podcasts with, a, with an S at the end to do that would be much appreciated. But of course, any platform would be great too. I think we have something like a, a 150 reviews or so. Ratings or reviews, I forget. But yeah, it's been really helpful for me. So uh, with that, thanks so much for listening. Looking forward to bringing you more episodes that are valuable to you and help improve your tennis game. And also, if you haven't yet, go to tennisfiles.com slash YouTube to check out a 5-0 women's doubles match um, from recent sectionals, tri- a super tri-level sectionals tournament that I went to. And what I did was I recorded this sectionals match and also provided commentary. I actually originally wanted to live stream it, but wasn't able to because of the um, slow internet at the facility, which, you know, it's, it's um, you know, it's common. So uh, no worries there for them. But yeah, so I recorded and commentated and then uploaded it a few days later. So I uh, hope you find some enjoyment and value from that. But with that, I will see you on the next episode of the podcast. Take care and have a good one. Keep improving your tennis game. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.